is Midnight Alchemy, with your alchemists, Jason Allen and Holly Jordan. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you are. This is Midnight Alchemy, and I am only one half of the Midnight Alchemist. Uh, she is my ying to my yang. Hello, Holly, how you doing? Awesome, Jason, awesome. Very glad to be here again. Yeah, my uh, camera's decided it wants to be um, haunted today. Ooh. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on William. He sent over he sent over some spirits on me, and it's uh, <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I'm really excited uh, tonight because we have well to me an old friend on the show. Uh, interviewed okay. him uh, at least at least a few times. Um, he is a great great medium and uh, and a good friend. And his name is William Becker. Hello, William. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm blushing. <laughs> well, this will go on YouTube, so people will be able to see you blush. Oh, good. Blush away. Mm -hmm. Blush away. Red's right. a good color on me. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so how's everything going with you, William? Pretty well. Um, yeah. Um, life is good, and I'm glad the ghosts I send over made it okay for your camera. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Do we have a name to these uh, entities here? Oh, I don't know who it was. The ones that come around and visit me or visit my house all the time, most of them just hang out and do whatever they're going to do and don't say much. Um, the ones that aren't as noticeable are the ones that talk to me more. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, William, uh, for those who don't know who you are, uh, will you give a, just a brief intro and tell us about yourself? Yeah. Um, I have been involved in, well, let me back up a little bit. I saw my first ghost when I was eight or nine. It was another little boy. And I thought he was a real kid. And a group of us were hanging out in this other kid's neighborhood, not mine. And... I said, who's that? Can he play with us? And the friend of our, mine, who was the old, kind of the head of the group of us, um, said, oh, that's so-and-so. He's dead. Um, so oh, it was like, oh, okay. And I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful um, spring day. Um, school's out, but um, it, teachers were still I don't know. Anyway, um, and so it was like no big deal. And um, my friends even said how he died and the whole bit. And so that was, you know, I've I've believed that these exist for a very long time. And then with the psychic work, I really started working with that in my late teens. And I grew up in an area and a time where eh, being a little different isn't always the best thing. Um, and very historic town, old town. Um, a lot of good things about it, but uh, just a lot of very different focus. Um, my family, it was always a question of which university, not 
if university <laughs> and that was oh i was probably in junior high before anybody else in my class came from that kind of a background and so you know things like that and and it's not that one's better than the other it's just that it's a different focus sure. so i learned how to be invisible real early in life and at home and so i didn't talk about these things i mean it's just no need to um and um and then started uh, late high school, early college, found other people with similar interests with the mediumship and really started working with that um, for a long time now, far more years than I'm <laughs> willing to always admit to. Well, you, you look 27, so don't worry about it. Oh, great. Okay. And I'll go with that one. Right. <laughs> Thank you. You know, uh, you live in a town in a city that has a lot of history to it. Yes. Uh, and I mean, what a good place to be a medium, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what the oldest settlement West of the Mississippi, the oldest incorporated city West of the Mississippi, there were settlements that were older, yeah. but as far as an incorporated city, um, we're the oldest. So we were the legal power structure. Yeah. for um, the Oregon country, the Oregon territory, um, depending on who you talk to, the the state. Um, we have San Francisco's plot map because they filed their charter with us because we were the legal entity. Wow. Um, we were incorporated before the U.S. owned California. Yeah. I think I think we, it was 1848 when we got it. And... Um, and well, and it fits my bachelor's is history. So I get to see the history over and over again with um, yeah. living in these places. Yeah, I'm a history dude myself. Uh, yeah. And I just get attracted to places that, that have that rich, uh, vibrant history to it. And I, you know, I when I moved out to where I am now, uh, it is another old uh, settlement and uh, right and it, it's been fun just you know getting in the weeds of all this you know and uh so i i love that aspect about what you do and uh because you have that historical context that you can uh kind of lean on right yeah to mm -hmm. uh bring con you know context to it uh i'm interested I, and this was a question i was going to ask a little further down the line but no i'm going to do it now Okay. And that is, uh, who or, or what, who is the oldest uh, entity ghost that you've ever encountered? Mm. I don't know names. Um, I've encountered myself in past lives. Wow. That go back to about. Oh, 3,500 BC. Oh, one of them actually probably closer to five or 6,000 BC. Um, but, and I've encountered um, priests and temples in Egypt. I had King Tut show me how he rose out of his mummy, how his spirit mm. rose out of his mummy. Yeah. Um, so, those are probably the oldest ones that I've encountered. Um, I haven't been to 
some of the places where you might have Neanderthal and and that kind of well, I mean they'd been all over the place, but I haven't experienced that. I don't think. Well, um, you're you're talking to one now. So. A Neanderthal. <laughs> no, but uh, no. Uh, what is the oldest uh, ghost or spirit that you've encountered where you're living now? Oh, where I live now in my town. Yeah. Uh, let me see. One of the ones that has been talked about, I haven't seen him, but others have. Um, good friends of mine have seen Dr. McLaughlin. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was the basically the father of Oregon. And some of the other ones I don't necessarily have names for. Now, we've encountered um, a variety of people that are pioneer or mm -hmm. pioneer um, times. So probably from 1820s forward um yeah. i think the first mill in oregon city was 1827 1829 um and um so that's and then there's of course native american here from long sure. before right. but i haven't had as many experiences with them i've had communication at a couple of sites and um very powerful um, communication and mediumship experiences with some, but as far as the more physical um, experience, a visual and audio um, things moving around, uh, I haven't with them. But so it's, I would say one of the oldest would probably be Dr. McLaughlin. And then there's another guy. He told me to call him Carlos, but that's not his name. He was an enforcer dude back in the day because we had steamboat docks and stuff in town. Sure. And he and I get along great. And he's let me see him in physical form in the middle of the afternoon twice. Wow. wow. And direct full-on looking full-bodied apparition. And he's there, then he's gone. Could you describe him? Yeah. Um nice guy i mean for me he's nice because he knows i don't judge and he knows i have no desire to hurt him and he knows i know he can't hurt me and i mean we don't have i'm not on his contract list so we can be buddies um he doesn't need to break my kneecap or stab me <laughs> but um you know and so uh, probably about five eight five nine maybe right in there of not a big bulky build at all sharply dressed he's got a he usually has a flat topped hat with kind of things hanging around down on the side i'm not sure if it's spanish or if it's uh italian or just what um like i say the name he gave me isn't the real one but um i haven't Actually, I haven't seen him for a little while. I need to go down and talk to him again. Um, and because uh, he's down around Main Street. And uh, um, yeah, a mustache. Um, and, um, and now as we're talking, a friend of mine got a photo of somebody who is crouching down, 
by an old steam dock boat dock in town wow. or where the dock was. And that's where I first met Carlos and he would follow me around from there, especially on my tours when I gave him. And I'm thinking that picture might've been him even. Oh, interesting. I hadn't thought about that before. It, does he realize that he's passed on? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's not stuck here. This is part of him. That's uh -huh. just, you know, okay. I haven't ever met a stuck or trapped individual. I meet personality that's left behind. I meet intellect that's left behind. I meet those who come and visit us right? or back and forth or just choose to hang out. But they know a whole lot better what to do and how to do it than we do right. and to tell them. So I trust them to to do what they need to do. So I have to ask the question, of course, is bubbling up. What is the prompt for him to not tell you his name or to give you this other pseudonym for himself? Um, partly to be playful uh, okay. and um, partly because he wouldn't give that name out in his uh -huh. regular like, life, gotcha. but mostly to tease. Sure. And, um, you know, it's okay. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, I totally respect that. Well, sure. I, I kind of think sometimes, oh, having a bunch of aliases might be kind of fun. <laughs> I'm gonna have to work on that, right? Yeah, I'd probably get myself in trouble if that is your real name, right? Yes. Yeah, I've been really interested uh, in, in your body of work for uh, a long time, um, and every time we we've talked and interviewed and stuff, it has uh, been just fantastic. I love uh, it. When you uh, when you communicate, okay, um, mm -hmm. how can you explain the like the different ways of the communication? I mean, is it literally uh, telepathic? Is it um, even auditory sometimes? Sometimes it's auditory, but I'm not going to be hearing the whole conversation. Most likely, I have it. It's in my ear. Mm. It's right about the third eye. It's telepathic, basically. Yeah. And I will see it, but it's not spelled out, but I see it and mm -hmm. I see the people and I see it's like hearing the conversation, only it doesn't have the hearing. It's just, yeah. it's here and it shows up. And yeah. it's very different than imagination or anything like that. Plus, then I get the visuals. A lot of times they show me Mm -hmm. um the 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 story they'll it'll be i'll see the action happen um i've working with clients especially often the people they want me to connect with will show me how the part of the body that was affected that caused them to pass or i'll feel it yeah. um you know that kind of thing but um so there's a little bit of both of those pieces to it and um it's not always consistent i mean it comes in a lot of different ways and sometimes they show me symbols that that's when it's really get gets fun because sometimes there's symbols to give me a better impression 
so I understand better so I can explain it better. But sometimes they're symbols right. for the client, not for me. And so <laughs> you put them out there and you make it, you see what works. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, but it, basically it's a telepathic and telepathic visual type thing. Very cool. Hey, I, I want to touch on some because I am so intrigued by it. Uh, past life or past life regression. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for the longest time, I've just had just a, a, a huge curiosity about that because I I believe that um, we are more than just you know one trip through and that's it. See you later. You know that we right. have to experience things and grow in certain ways uh, right. that just can't be captured in in one go or you know yeah uh, one stop. Uh, so uh, talk to me a little bit about that, about past life regression, what it is for people who don't really know, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe some of the experiences that you've had. Yeah. Um, now, I want to be uh, first start with the difference between regression and readings. I d- am not a hypnotist. I do not do past life regressions okay. or take people on those. I read their past lives. Ah, okay. And so it's a psychic reading. It's a mediumship reading where their past life comes through from them. I often see what's going on kind of beside them and a little behind them. Yeah. And I'll I'll see the lives, usually the lives that are involved with the questions they have at the time, things that are going on in life at this point. Um, not necessarily bad things, often good things. Sometimes has to do with people they're with because so often you have people that have multiple lives together and they might be um, parent and child this time and last time they might have been um, romantic partners and the time before that they might have been siblings Um, and the time before that one might have been the abusive boss Um, you know it's there's yeah. just so many different ways in interactions with them. And, um, you know, or somebody will say, well, I really have a fear of water. Well, let's see. You <laughs> fell out of the boat when you were a Viking and drowned. You This ship went down with you on it at this time period. Yeah, I kind of understand why you're afraid of water. Um, yeah. And then it's a point where people can start working and understanding. Once you understand where something's coming from, you can modify its hold over you. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I have a huge, <laughs> hugely uh, uh, fear of water and also of heights, being up, uh, being up high. Uh imagine imagine this when i was in the army you know you have to rappel down stuff and yeah that wasn't my that wasn't my most favorite part of it but um well that's because you fell out of an airplane well that would (laughs) that would do it yeah and i man it looks like there may have been a parachute pack i see something on your back but it didn't work um or you were injured too far to make it work or something. I don't know. I just see a plane. It looks like it's kind of the green military. 
colors. It's a prop plane. Looks like a World War II in vintage, like a B-15 or 17, whatever, yeah, a bomber type thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, huh. you're you're flying out there, but you don't have the extra wings on for a soft landing. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, that brings like a million more questions, which we'll do okay. at another time. Okay. But, uh, when you were uh, giving a past life reading, uh, who, how, how far back, the farthest back you've been able to see? Oh, I've seen back as far as the Neolithic with people. Um, in some cases, most people I haven't experienced lives that far back. Sure. I have a couple friends that I've had lives that far back with. Um, but as far as working with people on their past lives, yeah. in the Middle Ages, um, Roman Viking is often, yeah. but every once in a while you get somebody where the life, is, the lives that are coming through will be actually prehistoric. Okay. Yes. Um, so, sometime uh, in either an episode or just in real, in real life, uh, I'm going to have to uh, get a past life reading from you. Uh, because good. I am just so interested in that. I find that endlessly fascinating. And mm -hmm. uh, as a history dude, I, it's always, you know, it piques my interest. Exactly. Uh, we'll set it up. And have, have you ever seen in the future, like lives in the future? Not people's lives so much. I have glimpses of the future, maybe sometimes. And even if I was... Mostly, I don't do future readings. I don't work on doing future readings. I don't develop that. Because any medium who says they're always right, we aren't. We make mistakes. Um, the other side is right, but they don't. we don't always get it right. Mm. They don't always know. Plus, things change. What's yeah. true right now is only in this tiny, tiny millisecond of time. Yeah. And then other things work on it, and it can change. So I don't want somebody to make a life-changing decision mm -hmm. and have it be wrong based on information that changes or isn't correct. Now, I will talk about, okay your great-grandmother really does want you to go back to school and work on your writing. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, these are things that you might consider for things like that. Um, that it's not giving a future forecast, sure. but it's saying these are th some things that I'm being shown can help enhance your life and your future okay. um be it just for satisfaction or money or whatever yeah um that's awesome um have you ever uh like when you're done past life readings have you ever uh had somebody who was uh, in a past life famous like historical you know empirical dude no no just e everyday everyday people 
Yeah, no, they may have been some kind of a, a chief or they may have been important in the community type thing. But sure. somebody I can put it, you know, I haven't come into the reincarnation of uh, Cleopatra or George Washington or anybody like that yet. Yeah, because I've I've heard about uh, some, and I'm I'm not going to name names because mm-hmm. <laughs> mostly because they're not in my brain at this moment. Right. But, uh, some I've heard some people that no matter you know they get readings and oh you were this famous person or oh you were this you were that, and to me I was like well that that's got to be weird because out of all the people who've lived. Uh, on the earth at some point i mean not everybody can be napoleon right i know and so i mean that to- makes total sense that uh 99.99999% of the people would be just your 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 average joe or average jill you know right mm-hmm. uh, so th- that is refreshing to see very good yeah i and you know we could it's possible that we can incarnate into two different people at the same time. Yeah. Um, that's the theory, but we would be a fairly weak presence in each body. And I doubt that would be anybody particularly famous. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's amazing. Uh, so you said parts of like reincarnation at the same time, are they like uh, different pieces of the soul mm-hmm. or, okay. Right. Cause what we, the theory is, and it makes sense to me is that part of our choice when we're incarnated is um, not only the life we're being born into yeah. for the lessons and everything we need to learn from that life or from this incarnation cycle, but, also how much of our being we don't send all of our being down there's always at least an anchor piece of us Mm -hmm. there wherever there is exactly and we can choose how much we want to send down and it's possible that you could say okay i want to be there and there um it's very rare that it happens the our guides on the other side don't usually encourage it mm-hmm. they usually discourage it but we do have that free will to do that if that's what we think we need to do okay and um, oh go ahead oh no i i uh please continue i just got my i got my next question on deck right i think i was about done i can't re- i don't remember okay um uh, Another thing, because I, I just am interested so much on different aspects of the paranormal, I've always been intrigued by spirit guides. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does everyone have one? Some people say that. I don't know that that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't aware of some of mine until other people kept seeing people around me. Um. Yeah. And I have a group of three I call the wise ones that are, or the ancient ones that are ancient beings that are kind of my connection. But I'm not even sure that they're spirit guides more than wisdom guides. I've been part of them. And it's, I don't know how to talk about that part very easily because it's, 
it's yeah. when I feel and know, but it's hard to articulate. Sure. Um, I appreciate you saying it that way, honestly, William, because this is a subject near and dear to my heart because a lot okay. of times when I do readings for people, they want to either A, be told something about, you know, Aunt Martha is your spirit guide or whatever. They're looking for mm -hmm. specific connections. And sometimes it's not a linear connection in their current life. So that's a little disturbing for some people or exciting, depending on their attitude. Right. Um, and in my own experience, I can honestly say, I don't remember in my first 20 plus years of psychic experiences or paranormal uh, awakening, I guess I can mm -hmm. say that it, it even occurred to me that someone might be specifically assigned to me to help me with anything. And right. so when I have felt a specific spirit guide, um, sometimes there's one, sometimes there's three. Um, right. I do feel strongly that in, for my own experience, that there are guides that travel between family members at times. That makes um, sense. And I do feel like there's this one uh, client of mine in another state that I read for, and we have adjacent guides that seem to know each other very well. And what I see when I read for her is the two of them sitting at a campfire hanging out while she and I talk. Oh, and cool. so it's like they're old friends and they uh -huh. get together and kind of catch up mm -hmm. while we're talking. And so it's just beautiful. I mean, it's it feels like this very warm circle of connected souls. And I know from several readings that I've done with people that have someone that's passed, um, when someone is seeking confirmation from a loved one that has passed, I usually do a couple things, but um, one of them is to, you know, please think of a specific question you want to get answered. And right. most of the time it's, are they okay? And right. what's been a delight for me is to share these images that I get in what I call mini movies. Right. And it is actually seeing um, family members at tables talking and eating and, and being social. Um, mm -hmm. And just this, this wonderful charged social connection that it's not just, you know, they peek at you once in a while. It's they're right. having a life that's continuing. It's like they were fragmented with us, like you were saying, and then they continue the rest of their soul destination in this other location or this other uh, dimension, I guess, would be a good way to put it. Probably. Yes. Yeah. And so it's it's really amazing to try and quantify it in human terms because it's not easy to do that. No. Um, for, for myself speaking, I would have to say I do believe that everyone has spirit guides only because that's what I've encountered most okay. of the time. That's been my experience. Um, do I see when every single time I do a reading? No, I do not. Um, okay. I, I do see connections to things and I have seen a lot of influence. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's a spirit animal. Sometimes, right. sometimes it's uh, something that's identified to the person that impacts them. It could be a pen. It could be um, an article of clothing, but whatever it is, it touches their soul in some way to magnify their experience in the moment to help them come to conclusions or discoveries. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and Holly, that makes sense. You just mentioned something briefly that ooh, got my attention there. Okay, uh, it's 
Yeah, spirit animals. Now, I know in a lot of Native American tradition, they have always talked about, uh, as far as like spirit guides, also the spirit, you know, spirit animal stuff. Yeah. Um, how, you know, how prevalent is that? And uh, explain why someone may have a spirit you know, spirit animal. And I'm throwing that out to the gallery for William. Of course, of course. William, you are our guest. I will give you the floor if you would like and share what you have experienced in that arena. Okay. And then I look forward to hearing what you have experienced. Fair enough. Um, Spirit guides can be anything. um, And including animals. And um. And they can actually, I think, take different forms sometimes, too. Um, and, oh, what's the name of the book? Tim, Tim Roby. He's a, a friend of mine in England. He's um, an archaeologist by profession training. Uh, he works with the Neolithic the most in Bronze Age. And he wrote a book to, uh, it's a, it's a, historical novel to explain the Amesbury Archer and the basically the arrival of slowly bringing the Broadens agent to England and then oh, wow. at, at Stonehenge. Oh my and, goodness. And the main character in the book, the Amesbury Archer, his um, guide takes the form of several different animals throughout this depending on where they are and what kind of an animal is needed to get in. So that's some, one kind of an example, perhaps. Um, and I think it's just what people relate to. I don't have as much experience with working with animal souls. I've seen many. I've been led to graves of some. Um but, and I may have had communication, but I haven't had the experience enough to say that this is accurate communication and not my imagination. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I know people who are really good and they they specialize in animal reading and I send people to them. But um, as far as it's whoever seems or whatever spirit seems to have the connection that works for us. And I'm not sure what all's involved in that case, especially when you're talking about animals. Gotcha. Interesting. You know. Holly, yeah. I, 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 I want to hear yours there. Okay. Yes. Well, I, I want to quickly change something over really quick to what William said. And that is um, that it's not just a, an animal spirit that can influence someone. And I know this is not an, an accurate example, but for the sake of conversation and visual, the movie Christine from Stephen King came to mind. And the reason why, and then um, Ghostbusters Afterlife, there's a moment in the movie where um, Echo One or Ecto One seems to come to life and do things that they're not expecting it to do. I do believe and agree with William completely that depending on the personality, depending on the soul, sometimes a spirit animal um, could be a car. It could be a jacket. It could be a pair of shoes. There's significance and representation 
in inanimate objects just as much as there is in an animal or a plant or something else that actually has life in it. Um, spirit animals, I believe, and what I have, I have seen so far is that um, there's an energy to everything. There's an energy to each blade of grass, to each breath of air. There's an energy to artwork. There's an energy to writing. And so in animals is this very raw, very enlightened in tunement with nature and the universe that we exist in and share. And so as there are traits to these animals, um, they can really tie in and link us to a part of ourselves that we either uh, need support in or that maybe we need a guidance towards. Um, and so it has been a delight of mine in learning a little bit in different facets of the clairs, as we like to call them, um, mm -hmm. the different connections and tie-ins um, for these sort of things. I had a reading, um, I want to say two years ago, and I I was pretty much sound asleep and my spirit guides did the, you know, get up, you got to do a reading thing. And uh, there was a gray wolf at my bedroom door, a very large one. Okay. And I wasn't afraid at all. Right. I was actually like, oh, hi, who are you? Mm -hmm. And um, he didn't say anything right away. He just said, I'm here and in, in, in what to describe what you were saying earlier to elaborate. I get thought in plants. It's like an idea or an understanding of something in its entirety is dropped in right. my brain. Yeah. Like a piece of toast in a toaster. I yeah. knew that he was there to help me. Um, and so I did this reading and the whole time he sat next to me and I just felt calm and safe and protected and this family environment and i was like oh wow and so i had this sense that this particular spirit animal was there for me to mm -hmm. help me um i didn't have the time to really delve into this relationship and say golly have you been here all along and i just didn't see you or are you just here for tonight or um but it just jollied the beans out of me because I do think animals are magical just in and of themselves, mm -hmm. whether they're, you know, a stick beetle or, or a butterfly or a moth or, or a rhinoceros. I mean, animals have these incredible personalities and just like we do. And I think that we can draw from them. And so um, did I answer your question? No. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Very okay, cool. Good. Yeah. Um, I, while, while you guys were answering the last question, uh, I, I just, uh, you know, things are, things are always bubbling up. Of course, know? of course. And uh, William, because we both have a background, you know, at least in education wise of history, uh, there are certain parts of history that have always resonated me with me more than others. Uh mm -hmm. Case in point, I, I, I when I was in college, focus was on uh, colonial revolutionary war and then the 18th century American West. Uh, but I, I've also had just really uh, resonate with the Crusades. That is something that's also resonated with me. And lately, it's been like Anglo-Saxon, you know, the 
Bronze mm-hmm. Age of uh, England, Anglo-Saxons before the you know before the Norman Conquest. Right. Uh, is is that like um, something that's intuitive in me that maybe has some some sort of from the past, maybe Im- impressions. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't say remembrance as, as far as like remembering. Oh, it could be though. It could be residual stuff. When you mentioned that the Civil War, my spirit guide showed me an image of you in another life with your head completely bandaged, your upper body having bandaged stuff on your wrist and hand, um, and what looked like either you were holding up your left leg from the knee down or part of it was removed but it looked like you had really been through the gamut and so i wouldn't not be surprised whatsoever if there were traces trickling into you um like i have this innate fascination with music from the 20s that when i when i hear it Mm -hmm. it envelops me um i have a very strange phobia that knocks me to the floor and that I didn't find it quite by accident. Yeah. Um, my sister went to go live on a boat up here 39 in San Francisco back in the eighties. And I went to go visit her and I have been on boat after boat, after boat fishing with my family, water skiing and la 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 love the water nickname water dog, because I was always in the water when I was near it. But for some strange reason, as I was walking down the pier, trying to keep up with my sister, I got near this one boat. And I froze in terror and could not take another step. And all I could do was stare at the bow of the ship. And this sense of complete and utter panic came over me. And I, it just, I can't even describe it. It was like a flood of emotions that hit me. And now looking back, clearly something happened to me in a drowning situation near a large boat um, I have no idea what or where or when, but there was something. Um, I wanted to mention there's a lady in Portland by the name of Julia Ingram who wrote a book called The Lost Sisterhood. And she touches on the difference in hypnotherapy and then past life regression. She is a hypnotherapist. She's a psychiatrist that mm-hmm. ended up doing hypnotherapy to help a couple people that were stuck in therapy that weren't able to move forward. And in doing so, this particular client many years ago, you know, was talking about childhood things. And then one session just dropped into this complete other voice and began a series of sessions with Julia that were all about another life from colonial England era. Um, This woman had lived with her father. Her mother died. They sailed on a ship from England to uh, an island somewhere. She fell in love with one of the sailors, was to be married. He went back out to sea, was supposed to come back seven months later, and they were to be wed, and he died and never returned. Mm -hmm. She ended up dying of a broken heart shortly thereafter. Um, It manifested into this current existence as lupus. Oh, Mm. And so it has been an ongoing wellspring of aha moments that I have encountered where there are things that in this life are not fully explainable, but very real in people's lives that have been linked to past life things. I'm actually, and you don't know this way, I'm a licensed hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner. And so uh, I have found 
that in doing past life regressions with people, um, many, many times there are situations, good and bad, both, or just right. working conditions, let's say, mm-hmm. um, that are directly linked to some big event, some happy, some not, um, right. from past lives that has carried over. And unfortunately, most of the time it's from something traumatic or something very shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's amazing what relieves people. So in this case with the Julia story, this woman was able to reduce some of her symptoms and was able to sleep and lost a lot of her anxiety because she learned the source of the anxiety, that it was something from an old past that had gone and she had to make peace with it. Right. But it was very healing and amazing. So I think maybe what I want to ask you, Jason, is when you are focusing on past life regressions, because you've mentioned this a few times, um, and for the listeners abroad, when you think about a past life regression for yourself, Uh what do you hope to gain from something like that? Or what do you think you are seeking? What does it feel like to you? Oh, uh, well, a a historical context, obviously, you know, uh, where, when, uh, I don't know about why, but uh, that and really just the whole concept of it. I've Mm -hmm. I've just... uh, so interested in that and i i do believe in in past i do believe in reincarnation uh and so that really is just one of those areas that's never talked about or hardly ever right and but each i believe most each person has that intuition that sort of you know soul recognition of uh, things that have gone on in the past. And one thing I've learned from this episode is either falling out of a plane or being in the civil war and shot, I'm injury prone. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, that is really uh, what I've been just sort of interested about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because a lot of things like uh, resonate with me. Yeah. And I don't know how quite to classify that. I mean, I remember as a kid, I had, I always had this uh, sort of, I, I don't know if it was dream, remembrance, vision, sure, what have you, of, uh, I'm, I remember as, as far back as like five or six of being, I would say when I, when I, as I grew up, I recognized it was somewhere in the thirties or forties. Okay. Uh, overcoat, fedora, mm-hmm. and uh, again, injury prone. I got shot. Right, right, in, right in the boop, bread basket, okay. and uh, it, it stayed. It really stayed with me. Okay. Uh, even now, you know, in, in, in since I'm only 24. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, through all these years, though, it is <laughs> has uh, stayed with me. Uh-huh. And, uh, so that. that triggered you know as as you're growing up you when i was a kid i didn't know how to place that i just i just you know would remember it from time to time sure. right and uh, as you get older you know you start being able to put things in context like okay the fedora and the overcoat you know the great overcoat they wore back then sure sure uh okay that must have been around this time and you know there's a guy holding <laughs> a a uh, you know the old 
45, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, and okay, that's the type of gun that was used and stuff. And I can't remember really. Well, face, you, you know. When you're out working with gangsters and moonshiners, what do you expect but to get shot? True. Right. Then yeah. that's that's what I'm seeing as part of what you were doing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But it also feels too, Jason, like you definitely have a warrior spirit that's been continuing with you. Oh, I don't know about that. But yeah, because that explains the soldier stuff that has mm. come across a few times. And yeah. just in that mindset, that's not for everybody. That That's part of your soul contract, likely, by mm. the sounds of it, because it's repeating. It's something that you're experiencing more than once. So I don't know that you're accident prone at all. I think that it's part of your your soul contract to be engaged in that line of work. Like not everyone has the stomach to be a paramedic. Not yeah. everyone has the stomach to be a mortician. Not yeah. everyone has the stomach to be a school teacher of ninth graders. It's so all like, so like temperament, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and that can be, yeah, and that can be definitely a part, part of it. And this is interesting because there's so many different pieces that can go together. Yes. And it can be a combination of many or just one or whatever. And right. part of what I've seen, I agree with you, Holly, is it's so often what there's people are remembering pieces of past lives. Yes. But it's also possible that you're just aware you're not getting the scene of you in the life but you're aware i find a lot of the time periods in places i've been really drawn to i go there and it's like oh there i am Mm -hmm. um and it's not that way with everybody but it could be and it wasn't i was remembering anything beforehand it's just in some cases, I don't know about all of them because there are a few places I haven't been yet where I've had these really, I've always wanted to go. Um, sure. And so it can be just that attraction to home, sure. to a time period that was home right. and a and location that was home. Sure. And just mm-hmm. for the sake of connectivity, the term deja vu, right. how many times do we do something subconsciously or otherwise and it seems very normal very everyday and your conscious mind says "Uh -uh. Mm uh-uh we've never been here before yeah i realize i'm in my 50s but i'm not that forgetful come on i know i haven't been here before it's there's a lot of things that link yeah and so absolutely so deja vus i believe are things to pay attention to and to delight in because if you have the opportunity to connect with the rest of what your soul has been up to, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an older brother that was very sweet to tell me in my youth, Holly, try to pay attention to other people as much as you can and learn from their mistakes so you don't make so many of your own. Mm-hmm. And that really stuck with me. And in, and in reality, if we've been running again and again and again through this life, one person body at a time um really if we can connect with something else that we've learned to not have to relearn it kudos i mean that's money in the bank that's that's knowledge and experience that can benefit us in many good ways for sure it's fantastic uh 
Now, before we get out of here, I, I do have another uh, question and subject uh, I want to talk about. And that is uh, our relation, how we view how, uh, what, <laughs> what is real. Uh, when we talk about uh, traditional uh, mainstream religion, because I, I, I believe that so much through time has been uh, warped and skewed and just forgotten. Uh, how, how do uh, visionaries like you and Holly, how do you um, reconcile maybe your experiences and your reality versus what uh, other people would consider their own orthodoxy? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. question. And <laughs> part of part of what I like to look at when I travel to ancient spots is I particularly like a place that has a medieval a medieval church built on top of an Anglo-Saxon church built on top of a Roman temple built on top of a, you know you've got the sites going all the way back to the Mesolithic, maybe, yeah. where you've had spiritual practice of different kinds mm -hmm. for millennia. And I usually find that the energy and where it takes one, mm -hmm. they, they mesh, they work well, and you don't need the ritual of the religion to get to the place gotcha. or to have the experience of the energy of the place. Yeah. The religion, if done right, can be a tool, but it isn't the necessity. And I don't know from me if it, I don't really practice a religion mm -hmm. um, of any kind. I'm, more spiritual than religious. I'm technically Catholic. I even went to seminary for a while. Um, ah, they had no idea what to do with me. Um, <laughs> me I, I was 44 at the time. Mm. Um, I was quite impressed. I lasted six months. Um, but it's... I, and I have respect for religion when it's used appropriately when it's used as a tool of hatred or domination or control that's a different story yeah. but it's it's not religion itself or any one religion it's how it's used and this is digressing a little bit from what you said but one of the theories with history mm. that makes a lot of sense to me and it's been talked about more and more is that religion was an invention that needed to be put into place in order to have a more complex society where you're going beyond the basic clan unit because you have to have some kind of a unifying force and behavior system and um, ethics, etiquette, rules, some way to govern something that consists larger of a small clan right. and it makes sense you already had 
God's a type of spiritual worship and type of religion in a sense to understand and explain nature because and to try to make sure the crops came and the sun came back again and all yeah. the rest of it because people didn't know the science. Um, but then you put that together so that you can build. And that also then gives certain people more power eventually. And I mean, there are all the other pieces that come with it that can be used in a positive or negative way. Sure. Um, it's like most things that the entity itself is benign. And so I don't really see, I know people with in several religions that very interested in what I do and are big believers in it. And, mm -hmm. and that includes Byzantine Catholic priests and um, people of a variety of different faiths. And um, I know atheists that think I'm a totally insane. Um, <laughs> so I've got, I've got one friend. I'm sorry. I'll just real quick. No, go for it. It's so funny because he's an engineer and he doesn't get this stuff at all. Refuses. And we've gone, we've done a little bit of travel together and all these people, um, college, university professors, judges, doctors, lawyers, all these incredibly intelligent, highly educated, highly trained, fascinating people are fascinated by what I do and he doesn't get it. And it's really funny. It makes, it makes me laugh because I can tell he's not happy about it. Yeah. Is, is there a, I, I, I know that I'm going off in left field again, but is there a reason why that somebody would just totally reject uh, innate uh, intuition? Because, uh, I mean, e even the most uh, atheist of atheists, right, will deny that there is something, but even even denying the act of denying something is believing in something right. else, right? And I've heard a lot of people don't believe in a God, but they always talk about the universe or, you know, or, or whatever source, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, so that that's what I uh, take take away from it. I've had a huge and varied personal, I guess, religious journey simply because I've had problems with the conformity of it and some of the whys, you know. Right. And that that was my big problem in seminary was why, you know. And of course, as as you know, Catholics, you know, a lot of it is the you know blind faith. You know, put your head down, son, and go forth. You know, and uh, mm -hmm. and and so where I'm at right now, and this is probably going to shock a lot of people, is that I'm actually Muslim, uh, because I found the it's sort of um, more, I won't say simplistic, but the message is not as uh, rule oriented like in western sort of uh you know religiosity right uh, uh, depending on what tradition and um what cultural background you have sure influencing the islam and right. i mean sufism is yeah. is something that and i have been to rumi's tomb 
Oh, wow. And yeah, I've yeah. watched the dervishes in his town. Yeah. And um, it's the type of thing that gives you chills. But um, yeah, and I think the with in regards to your question, a lot of it has to do with people are afraid to question something that yeah. they're putting their security into. Gotcha. And people are afraid of being vulnerable. And a lot of times conservative elements of of religions i don't care which one it is mm -hmm. want people to be isolated from anything other than their concept of i'm yeah. well i'm not going to say truth i was going to control and manipulation gotcha. because when you start getting into those particularly you're starting to really bend that line between a religion and control and manipulation Right. And a cult, in my opinion. I'm I've got a bachelor's and I have a master's. None of them have to do with um I'm not a doctor or a lawyer or a therapist or a theologian, but I've studied a lot of theology. So oh, yeah. um, you know, I just put it out there for qualifications. As in my experience at my I've earned all this white. Um <laughs> it's um that's what makes sense to me. So I don't know if that answers your question, no, but it makes sense it, to me. It does, because from historical background, I mean, history, uh, religion weaves through every facet of society and uh, social construct. Uh -huh. uh, and so when we talk about the power and manipulation, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it always has. I mean, yeah. back back in the prehistoric days, it was a different kind of form, maybe, but it was influenced every step and every breath you take, because you want to make sure those crops or the animal or the whatever come, and you want to make sure the saber-toothed tiger doesn't eat you. Um, you know, there's, depending on how far back you go, and so there is something that's used to help help us sure okay so let me touch back and reel it back in a little and let's go <laughs> okay. back to the question that reel it in. yeah so in answering the question let me let me yep. put forth an idea for you to consider yep. so there are theories and there are philosophies where people view let's just say our general soul function on earth as a dimmer turned down view of what we are when we are out of body and in our spiritual nature at its fullest. And so the theory is, and the philosophy is that as we are gathered together in a, whatever you want to call it, a heavenly realm or an alternative dimension, before we come to earth, we are connected with the soul of the universe. We're connected as one. We understand many things. We're in tune right. with the universal consciousness at its fullest. We have access to universal knowledge. There is not pain. There is not suffering. There is all this love and understanding. However, in order for us to fully grow, we must experience pain and loss. Right. And so in order to do that, we make these deals, these contracts to come here and live with a turned down switch, our dial is turned down so that we are disconnected just enough so that we can function in this dimension, in this realm. Mm -hmm. 
And so as we are trotting through our lives, it is very common for people to feel a longing for faith and a longing for the mushy, mushy side of religion and what that offers. And so that longing of closeness, that worship and fellowship, that bonding with each other in prayer, that um, all of the loving embrace of the immense love, like in a recent interview, we talked with Sarah about the feeling in her life and death experience and the incredible feeling of love. I died during a heart attack, was dead for eight and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what she's talking about. Out of my body, I felt incredible love and warmth and this in- totally different mental state of mind that I was not ever going to have in my regular life. Yeah. And so if that's where we exist outside of our bodies, of course, we're going to crave that here. This is messy. This is scary. This is a lot of hardship and a lot of challenge, but this is also the most growth we could ever have. And no matter what the philosophy or origin of religion, there's always a lesson about pruning or learning through strife or treading water to get to somewhere much deeper. And so that's kind of where we're at here. So your desire to keep seeking this stuff and connecting it, absolutely, you're going to find it history where it's been molested and grossly abused. And yes, people in power that don't have a lot of faith, that don't connect with the soul of the universe, are going to use it and say, oh, these people are weak-minded. They think they need a God. I'll give them one. Here we go. And then I can get them to plant fields for me and sew my clothes. And it's all manipulation and power-hungry device. That's their journey. That's their goal. Are they yucky? Yeah. They're making an advance on their own life that they think is more important than anything else because they are tuned down so far. They are not connected to the real world that I feel. That's why I say that spirit world to me is far larger than the one we live in. It's massive. Mm -hmm. And so it is only natural that throughout your life, you have felt this strong urging to go back to a faith because that's where love is. That's where unconditional, unceasing, non-judgmental, total love and bliss is. That feels right because it is. That's where we should be mentally. That's where we belong. But we're stuck here for the moment to deal with life and figure it out. And having that connection to the higher self, that belief of, I don't have to hate. I don't have to be mean. I can go through life and love my fellow man. That's innate in all of us at one level or another. And so it completely makes sense that religion has been structured to try and help gather people and organize them and get them to focus because by nature, we kind of wander. We don't have (laughs) necessarily an innate feeling to structure anything. That's someone else's journey. Some people are type A personalities, they say, or type B or whatever. We all make a great system because we're all a little different. Right. So it's that, it's, it's that homesickness a little, right? Absolutely. That is a perfect word. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So as you're feeling all these feelings, of course you feel that way. Yeah. But in the meantime, you can bridge the gap and allow yourself to breathe 
and understand that, yes, there's more than what you have in front of you. And I do believe that is why the, what is that expression from meet Joe Black to dance like a dervish. The response that I get when I ask people, do you like the paranormal? Are you interested in it? And this beaming obsessive glow comes over people and they're like, yes, because there is this connection. There's this clicking and there's this bond that we all have because in our fully enveloped state, we're much happier creatures. We're not miserable. We don't have bodies that are falling apart and aging. We don't have neighbors that hate us. We don't have relatives that disappoint us. We don't have all those other things going on because there's love. It's just love and it's incredible. So history has shown us again and again that that there's something to faith. There's definitely evidence that faith has action behind it and a viability in the paranormal. We've seen, you know, stuff with exorcisms and we've seen miracle cures and we've seen this, that, and the other. And to me, those are all threads linking us to the ultimate love and the ultimate universal feeling. Awesome. Yeah. I, 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 uh, to- I totally agree with that. Does 100%. that connect? Does that connect? And uh, just to let you know, just to let you guys know that through these episodes, we now not only have the woo woo, we have the the mushy mushy. Yes. Okay. Yes, we do. Just just throwing throwing that in there. Yeah, William, we have this phrase that we use. We speak woo woo. Okay. And and that that came out of some conversations where um, we were sharing different stories, and I explained that. Part of my life growing up, there were comfortable places to speak about things that were woo-woo, mm-hmm. as some of my girlfriends call it, and places that you weren't. I was very blessed to have a mom who was able to go between her Protestant upbringing and my dad's Catholic upbringing, and then talk to me about the numerology and psychic experiences of our direct relatives. That's great. All at the dinner table. She could yep. switch gears. And it was amazing and such a huge blessing because the rest of the world was like an alien planet because i could sense and feel and hear and la 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 and not say a word in school and not say anything to friends and not say anything at work and just know that i was kind of hanging out in this realm that i didn't really belong in i was just hanging out and Mm -hmm. that was a great feeling and a great sense to have yeah uh before we get out of here right before we just open the door and fly out and go to our local bar i'm just kidding i don't drink anyway uh william tell us what you're doing now and if you have anything to uh hype please do so okay um well i still have uh my book the um in the footsteps of my forebearers and yeah i can't remember the subtitle part william becker it's on amazon Okay, good. I was just gonna say, where can we get that? And um, and buy copies because I haven't gotten any royalties lately. Um, <laughs> so okay. I need to check and make sure that it's set up right. Um, and then okay. um, messages, subliminal message, buy okay. his books, buy yes. his books. Okay. And um, I give readings in person or through video chats or something like that. I like to see the person I read. Uh, I've got a group of people in new england i'm doing some training sessions with through um through this 
uh, let's see. I just had a big event. I'm working. I should have by this time next week. I should have a, a big event to announce. Okay. Hopefully at a nice. really fantastic place. Nice. But um, so I'm, I'm not quite as busy as I'd like to be. Okay. But uh, there are a few projects that are circling. A couple of them are waiting to figure out funding. Sure. Um, but um, more in the works. William nice. at paranormalinsights.net oh, is you. my email. Okay. And paranormalinsights.net is my website where you can also sign up for my free newsletter. Okay. And find the links to like me on Facebook and stuff. Para okay. Insights is who I am on Facebook. Okay. Um, and my website's a mess. Excuse me, but okay. I haven't figured out how to go in and fix it. Okay. So um, <laughs> I still have to pay for ours. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're welcome to message me after this, and I might be able to help you with that. Okay. So um, let let me you. know. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So tell me before before we move forward, I want to know, um, in your journey to be where you are today, can you share with people that have had inklings that they might be different or, uh, you know, they know somebody's going to call them all the time or, um, they know when someone's going to die and, or whatever their sense is, speak to that person for me for a moment and say what it is you think is okay about that and how to move forward from feeling things and actually doing something about it. I think everything is okay about that. Um, and that's a good question and it's not always easy to answer because I know people that have been in situations where it's been somewhat abusive to share these powers. Um, I haven't experienced that, but um, I learned how to be invisible. Um, I think it's important to not lose track of yourself and find a meditation tradition if possible. Find something where you can go inside and help even if you don't have others around you that can support you develop and allow your own telos the greeks had it right they were everybody's our own unique oak tree and yes. our job and through all these journeys is to allow ourselves to to become that whole complete and mature oak tree oak tree which is when the bible says be perfect like your father is perfect yeah. what that means is you are in a process of becoming whole complete and mature perfect and so that's our job and um accept yourself with what you're doing when you can find things to read find people to watch that aren't just crackers be aware there's a lot of stuff out there that isn't healthy and isn't accurate but there's a huge amount that is and 
you'll find over time, you'll find safe people to talk to and to do things with. But if you've got imaginary friends, talk to them. And if you don't feel safe telling um, the adults in your life, don't. Um, I mean, in my experience, as long as you're dealing with beings from the other side, I mean, if you're if you're dealing with living humans, that's a different story. Um, yeah. And don't don't push yourself beyond what you feel comfortable with until you have people that can help you. I love that. That's very well said. And I want to just make a quick public service announcement for anyone. A spirit guide or anyone that comes alongside you that's trying to communicate with you would never, ever tell you to harm yourself right. or anyone else or anything else. A spirit guide is all about love and never anything else. They might scold you. They might joke with you. They might cajole you into doing something like changing careers and whatnot, but they will never, and I mean never, ever insinuate or direct or push or motivate harm to That's anyone right. else, especially yourself too. So if you are feeling information coming at you in any way, and it, you know, you, you have a gut, you know, when something is like, wow, that wasn't good. Okay, well, pay attention. Pay attention. And mm -hmm. if you need help, there is help. And I agree, William. Just keep talking. You will find the right people. And you can actually think that. You can actually think, please, universe, God, whoever you want to talk to, um, send me people that are safe, that I can trust, that will right. help me to understand this. And they will come. Mm -hmm. They will come. Awesome. You guys, this has been a fantastic episode. Uh, William, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you. Uh, we have only gotten like 10% of what I want to talk about. So we're going to have to get you uh, back here real soon to continue our very, very cool conversation. I'd love it. Awesome. Holly, any, any famous last words? Just quickly. I have some nuggets to throw at you guys. One of them is I found 17 new ways to do readings Ooh. that I've never heard of before, ever, ever. And one that I will tell you that some of you may have heard has to do with something completely bizarre and, and silly. So Jason, you're going to love this. Okay. Um, Sylvester Stallone's mother used to read people's butts. Yeah. <laughs> so I have recently learned that and several other things that are to ways to divine things that have to do with food and animals and body parts and you name it and they're coming to you guys soon we're going to share all this cool stuff i have more fairy content more 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 it's incredible the stuff that is piling in yeah. we have people from all over that we're going to continue to talk with and reach out to um I'm super excited. I mean, we have got some major Sasquatch stuff happening. Mm -hmm. And next month is May. And May has a wonderful Squatch Fest in Forks, Washington, that I encourage all of you to at least visit or check out. Um, 
there is an Indian legend that says when Sasquatches become more visible in day-to-day life, we're getting close to end, to end days. Now, that's not something that's in the book of Revelations, but let me tell you, honey, it's real to me. It's yeah. connecting dots for me. I love that. Um, there's so much going on in the world right now, and I am so excited that we have this podcast to share Um we're working on connecting people that are interested in the paranormal when you need help or aren't sure who to talk to. We're working together to find a kind of a paranormal phone book. And so that's coming together really nicely. And so input people, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. Um, We want to hear your thoughts. We're very excited. This has been an incredible blessing for Jason and I. We have had so much positive feedback and it's just blowing me away. I mean, the response is incredible to go from a closet psychic to be in broad daylight with business cards, for gosh sakes, and and a webpage that's maybe gimping along, but it's there. But It's there. And honestly... Yeah. It's nothing but good coming, y'all. It's all good. It's some wonderful stuff. And stay tuned. Tell your friends. Check us out on Facebook. We have got good stuff coming at you all the time. We've got stories. And you don't have to do the hunting. We're hunting for you. We're finding the cool news. And we're going to share more things with you. There was some Sasquatch news that just came in from Washington that we will share in another episode. That it has me breathless. (laughs) So, yeah, hang tight. More is coming. Excellent. Hey, uh, uh, so if we're hunting for them, I will go ahead and volunteer and be their personal Elmer Fudd. All right. Hunting Webbits. All right. (laughs) Let's wrap this up real quick. William, thank you so much for coming on. And this has been Midnight Alchemy, and we will do this again very, very soon. A reverb dare show.